In terms of the stories, I truly believe that by sharing the stories of the diverse women from across the world who have achieved interesting and amazing things at a really young age or a later stage of their life, girls and women can study how they did it. They can take inspiration and turn this into their own journey. Hey there, Story Sister, and welcome back to episode 67 of the Power Your Platform podcast. And if you're listening to this episode on the day it drops, then happy International Women's Day. Today's interview is such a fitting one to mark this important occasion, and I really hope you enjoy it. Because today I'm speaking with Anahita Tukrul, who's a social entrepreneur and the founder of Hear Her Stories. Now, having lived in four different countries, Anna has experienced firsthand the systemic and structural barriers faced by women of color. And these experiences led Anna to create Hear Her Stories, a platform that amplifies women's voices and celebrates their achievements as a way to support and inspire the next generation of diverse women. Cool, right? So through Hear Her Stories, Anna realized the significant barriers facing women around the world have widely led to underrepresentation and inequality. To help address these gaps, Anna recently launched DEVO, which stands for Diverse Women, with the goal of providing equal access and opportunities to all women in the workforce. In my conversation with Anna today, we discuss the value of diverse stories, the impact of unconscious bias, and how you can get involved today with the Hear Her Stories movement. And don't forget to listen in right to the end of today's episode. That's when I'll be sharing my top 10 takeaways from today's interview. I'll also be sharing those same takeaways inside our free Power Your Platform Facebook group. So be sure to click on the show notes to join the group today. For now, let's celebrate International Women's Day by shining a spotlight on the power of storytelling among diverse women from around the world. Welcome to Power Your Platform, the podcast for women who are building bold story brands. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. Each week, we'll explore big ideas about brand building and shine a spotlight on courageous women just like you who are owning their story, following their purpose, and changing the world. Whether you're a story starter, a story builder, or a story pro, this podcast is for you. I'll help you move your mindset from uncertain to unstoppable and provide you with the storytelling tools you need to make a real impact. Because we all have a story to tell, and somewhere someone is waiting to hear yours. Join us each week for inspiring interviews, aha moments, and step-by-step action plans that will provide the framework to help you create your very own purpose-driven platform. Are you with me? All right, it's time to power up. Hi there, Anna. Welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you with us. I can't wait to get this conversation started. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me on your platform. Really appreciate it. 
Well, I love the fact that what you're doing is so very closely aligned with what we're doing here at Power Her Platform, uh, which is, of course, amplifying the stories of women. And you do that in such a unique way. So maybe as we get started, tell us about Hear Her Stories. And then, of course, we would love to hear about the path that led you there. Yeah. So um, um, I've lived in four different countries in the last decade. Um, I experienced firsthand the systemic and structural barriers faced by women of color and also experienced that many patriarchal views that were ingrained in societal structures were common across all those countries. Um, growing up as a brown girl in a brown household, I could either voice my opinion or have a good relationship with my parents. So since then, I decided to unpack and unlearn the social boundaries. And these experiences led me to create Hair Her Stories, which is a platform that amplifies women's voices and celebrates their achievements as a way to support and inspire the next generation of diverse women. And also more importantly, showcases stories of diverse everyday women to show the incredible journeys and accomplishments um, from women that are often not represented in the mainstream media. So this community believes in the power of stories and is actively working to decrease the barriers for women globally and sheds light on trailblazing women that are often too overlooked. Mm, I love that so much. And I love that, like I said, what you're doing, uh, what we're doing here at Power Your Platform is similar, but it's not exactly the same because what you're doing, and if anyone visits your feed, of course, you have shared hundreds of stories at this point about, I mean, women around the world doing, you know, extraordinary things. Like you said, sometimes, you know, very much everyday women doing extraordinary things. Could you give us a couple of examples maybe of uh, one or two stories that have inspired you recently, just to give us a little bit of an idea and a flavor for what some of that content looks like? Yeah, so uh, interestingly, uh, I started off with Harris Stories being inspired by Humans of New York. Um, I'm not sure if, you're, uh, if, if you know about this guy in New York, he randomly approaches people and he starts taking down their stories and it's all organic the way he talks to them. And it becomes so intense and beautiful, uh, which is what really inspired me. And I thought that this has to take in with women. And so I started off with about like 100, 150 uh, stories of women uh, in Canada. Um, and then after that, it moved forward to a more news and, you know, what's going on with, with just women of color and diverse women and others sitting in Africa doing wonderful things in Afghanistan. So um, after those stories and news kicked in, there was a huge uh, inclination or uh, appreciation towards that sort of content. One of the recent story that we shared uh, on Hera Stories was about Lauren Smith Fields. Uh, the story is about a 23-year-old girl, uh, which has not been widely covered by the media. And so we genuinely felt the need to amplify her family situation and her case with the world. Her family to date um, still says that they are not getting answers from the police uh, about the death of their 23-year-old girl. 
So sharing this story uh, is one of the examples, the impact that was felt at heart uh, was commendable with, with the entire situation. There were so many messages asking us the DMs and emails on how they can offer support, do something, so the case moved forward, asking for status, uh, because genuinely they, they did not know where the case was moving, tagged big organizations on the post, shared it more than 2,000 times on their platforms. So this, this is one of the untold, uninformed stories that definitely had a long-lasting impact on me, and I felt there are so many more that I feel may not may be hidden uh, or may not be given relevant importance and i think more celebrities and more other sort of media uh, work is taking place so yeah this is one of the story that i can think of uh, for lauren smithfield that really moved me very powerful and i love what you say about this idea of these hidden stories you know they're happening and sometimes right around us and yet they're not profiled or we're distracted by the bright shiny celebrity stories or whatever it might be. How do you find these stories? Where do you find them? Just in the first place, if they're not being widely shared, how do you find them? Interesting question, Kerry. Um, so we have about five to seven girls who are volunteering with hair stories. The beauty of those uh, volunteers are the geographical location that they're in. So they're all based out of um, Asia, Middle East, and North America. So we are getting the flavors of the stories from different parts of the world that we may not know what's going on, say in Hong Kong, Hong Kong or Singapore. So what they're bringing us is what is relevant in their country. And uh, we select the ones those we feel will be relevant, will be um, you know, inspiring our community. And that's how we are consolidating all these important stories that I, 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 it's really hard to find or they're not really covered elsewhere. True, it's so true. And I've said before on this podcast that one of my favorite movies is the, movies, uh, is the movie Hidden Figures, which is about uh, the incredible women of color who were so in, instrumental at NASA and yet who's whose stories were, were overlooked and really, you know, swept under the rug. And then here comes this film that shines a spotlight on them. Um, so what for you are some of the characteristics that, because I know you can't fit all the stories on your feet. There are literally millions of stories out there. What are the kind of the characteristics of the stories that you look for? Yeah, first of all, I absolutely love Hidden Figures. That film gave such a huge characters, uh, which, were never, which we never knew existed. So really a, a great movie. In terms of the stories, I truly believe that by sharing the stories of the diverse women from across the world who have achieved interesting and amazing things at a really young age or a later stage of their life, girls and women can study how they did it they can take inspiration and turn this into their own journey. They can learn to take the lead in their own life. Uh, if they do this, uh, industry, government, and the whole economy of the country will benefit, not just philosophically or morally, but financially, keeping women at work longer, bringing them back to work after maternity, encouraging them to aim for bigger role. All of this will deliver billions, if not trillions to the economy. So in terms of the stories, anything that we feel is going to um, inspire and motivate the community, 
by not just showcasing the huge celebrities, but everyday women, what they're doing and accomplishing by feeding their kids, by working from home and yet doing what they're doing is normal, normalizing that. Uh, I think that's the entire intent of uh, storytelling. I love it. And what I also feel when I look at your feed, of course, is inspired, um, motivated, as you mentioned. And there's this always this element that if she can do it, I can do it. So it's when I say inspiration, it's not just, oh, wouldn't it be great? Not that we want to be that person. It's that what can I take? What can I learn and apply? So let me ask you this, because you mentioned, you know, taking leadership about your own life. What inspired you as the leader of this particular project, you know, um, to step up and to say, I'm not going to just do this for myself. You know, you can keep a journal of these stories and inspire yourself. But, um, you know, was there a moment when or, or another person? I don't know. What was the tipping point for you that said, um, I'm the one who's going to step forward and I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it? Yeah, um, scary, as I mentioned, I think a lot came in from the perspective that in the last decade, I've moved to four different countries and I've seen a common um, issue, prevailing issue of, um, of the bias and the patriarchal system. Um, from a really young age, girls are taught to be polite and to take care about their appearances. Uh, when girls consume these messages, they're shown unrealistic targets of airbrushed lives served up by magazines and automated feeds and social media. So this was something that I saw across everywhere that I went. And the more they watch, the more they're sent. Uh, it's often toxic diet, and it leaves millions of girls feeling inadequate and less than perfect. Uh, it also damages the mental held and it is on a rise at a worrying scale. Uh, given all this, uh, Harris, why I initiated or how I initiated Harris Stories is basically with an evidence of everyday life and work by gathering facts, listening to thousands of women, friends, family, coming across a whole spectrum of my high school, university, working life, and realizing that there has to be a point that shapes uh, brings in helpful policies and interventions, helps the younger generation of girls, women, to see that they're exciting and inspiring women alive today who are not celebrities in the traditional sense, but who are three, who are three-dimensional real-life characters who are successful, high achievers in a field that a girl might find appealing. Seeing is believing. So right. we just want to do, show that to the world. I agree so much. And like we've used this word celebrity, but for me, when I look at the stories that you're sharing, even the story that stories that I'm sharing on this podcast, they're remarkable women. They're not celebrity women, but they are remarkable. And to me, that means we need to stop. We need to market. We need to take note of it and learn. And, you know, you're right. We discount the stories of quote unquote, everyday women, mm -hmm. um, Whereas, you know, I think celebrities, they just happen to be people who get a paid a lot of money to be on the big screen or on a field, but they're still normal people as well. They've just been catapulted it to this status, which is really kind of fake, right? It's not even a real status. Um, so, you know, I think that that's worth noting that we need to put more emphasis and more value on the stories of the women, even in our own lives. 
even though they might not be on the cover of People magazine, that does not make someone's story less valuable. And so I love that that's really, I think, at the heart of your mission that you've been developing during this time. So let me ask you, because you also work with uh, an organization called Devo, and it provides equal access and opportunities for women in the workforce. So could you tell us a little bit more about your work there? Yeah. Um, so through Harris Stories, I realized that the systemic and structural barriers faced by women of color have translated into tangible experiences in the workforce resulting in underrepresentation and equality of outcomes. Uh, to help address these gaps, I recently launched DEVO, which stands for Diverse Women, with the goal of providing equal access and opportunities to all women. Uh, simple mission of DEVO is to bring visibility to diverse women, create actions and accountability for change, help companies close gaps, cross-parity, pipeline, and policy. Mm. Uh, what Devo does is it's an online job platform that connects employers, I would say inclusive employers, to women job candidates from underrepresented minority backgrounds. Uh, these candidates uh, often face complex barriers throughout the recruitment process, so we help enable personal and human connection between them and the employers. Mm. And one thing I've learned a lot more about that I honestly was not as aware of as a white woman was this whole concept of unconscious bias. And I know that it is very closely related, no doubt, to the work that you do. Do you want to just maybe explain that phrase for our listeners as well who might not be as familiar with it? And then maybe talk about how unconscious bias impacts exactly what you're talking about today. Well, unconscious bias is something that I feel a lot of people have a privilege, which uh, is inherent, which they're born with. Uh, the bias is something that may, may not be intentional, but it does exist. So first thing to understand that is that it does exist. Uh, ignoring the fact that it does not exist is also uh, draining uh, each other and the economy downstream. The other point is when you identify what sort of actions do you have in place uh, for schools, for universities, for workplaces to make sure the whole DEI concept is bringing or is, is helping, the, uh, helping women settle it. And we're talking about Canada. Canada is a country where you're looking at immigrants coming in in thousands. You're looking at newcomer women. Uh, you're looking at majority of women of color. So how are we ensuring that our unconscious bias is actually now consciously helping them assimilate in the economy? And you don't have Canadian experience. You don't have Canadian education, sorry. Uh, how do we help those women assimilate into the economy? Because at the end of the day, I feel that is the power horse. That is where the power is. Um, how we can help in terms of mentorship or interview prep. Those are the things that um, I bring into Devo. And we challenge this whole concept that uh, you don't need a certain experience to be qualified for a certain role. We are looking mm -hmm. at 30-year-olds being the CEOs today. So the, it negates the whole concept of you need X number of years. Uh, 
so yeah, unconscious bias for me has a long way to go, especially when you're interacting with a lot of diverse people in front of you. It's identifying, accepting, and helping them assimilate into, into your, your world. Because end of the day, they've left a comfort zone. They've left a, 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 their homes and they're entering new homes. So how do you welcome them? Yeah. I will say from one of my own personal experiences, I find that, of course, here in Canada, I'm a part of the majority, right? But one of the best ways to put yourself in the mindset, not that I fully can do that as a white-skinned woman, but is to leave Canada, to travel somewhere where you are not the majority and feel, even for a few weeks, or for me, it was a few months, the loneliness that comes with that, the feeling of being other, and an outsider. For me, I had a language barrier. So it's um, a real eye-opening experience. And honestly, I don't know if we ever can overcome or even begin to comprehend what someone goes through. Not that I fully do by any means, but until you feel what it's like to be the minority, because living here in this culture, you know, as a white skinned individual, that's, it's a hard thing for someone to try to explain to you unless you actually immersively experience something similar. Yourself. That's so true, Carrie. that is absolutely true. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind is uh, I lived in Thailand for three years. And interestingly, the observation was that a lot of like white people in Thailand are so friendly, are so uh, you know, they would go over the top with uh, being included in the community because they're minorities there right. <laughs> and they need to make an effort, which yeah. is understandable. And the, the beauty is the Asian culture also, uh, you know, welcomingly accepts that. And it, it, it's beautiful the way they welcome the whole culture, uh, uh, cross-cultural um, you know, folks visiting there. So yes, you, you absolutely nailed it when you say that you need to travel, go and experience how it is to live in a country where you're the minority. Agree. Yeah, there's a there's a new empathy, I think that comes with that. It certainly was character shaping for me. And it happened when I was in my early 20s. And I'll, I'm always grateful for it, for sure. Um, just, you know, back to this idea of economy and the job market. I'm very interest to, to hear what you think about, I mean, with the pandemic, which seems to thread itself now into all of our conversations, but there has been a shift in the market. Um, there is, uh, there are a lot of places looking for employees. Um, you know, people have left certain workforces. Do you think this is a good moment for this sort of, you know, this conversation now to come front and center exactly the types of things that you're talking about, about you know, taking a second look at immigrants and newcomers to Canada, reassessing, you know, their skill levels, what do you think the impact is going to be? Yeah, um, I feel that the pandemic has pushed women's participation in the labor force down to its lowest level in three decades, with about 1.5 million women losing their jobs in the first two months of the recession. And this, is, uh, this was a research done by Statistics Canada uh, last year. Um, also on top of that, women's employment, which is dominant in the sector's hardest hit by the recession, has been slower to rebound as the economy reopens, uh, despite absorbing 51% uh, of job losses in March and April last year. Women accounted for 
just 45% of job gains in May and June last year as the economic activity restarted. So I feel that uh, there is a long way to cultivate a qualified pipeline of women um, to meet the technology or to meet the needs of the companies. Because at the end of the day, I feel that they're already facing a complex barriers in the recruitment process. And um, uh, the companies are also facing an issue in terms of the, include, uh, including the inclusive future of work. Uh, they do have mandates in place, but in terms of the accountability and actions, taking actions for that change, I think uh, that's where we come in to help close the gap uh, and, and offer the pipeline of talented folks. Yeah, and to your point, uh, when you're talking about the highly negative impact of the pandemic on women, we've even seen the emergence of new words like she-covery and mm -hmm. recession, as in yeah. a recession around women. And, yeah. and Canada has said in particular, Canada will not recover until we see a full she-covery. And so I mean, in, on one hand, I'm um, encouraged that it's recognized as women must, um, you know, we have to restore what has been lost and, and move beyond that. Uh, on the other hand, like you say, we've got a long way to go. And that's why I think it's really important that every voice is, is really at the table. And we all feel we have a story that is worth sharing and that we share those stories because um, we're not alone, first of all. And I think that there's something very empowering when we share our own story. And of course, when we, we share the stories of others as you are doing and that we don't stop because ultimately, I think that's a big part of moving this forward because it's not just one person's issue. This is a whole nation of people that need to recognize, you know, some of the uh, really big omissions, I guess, that have been made in the past or things that have been overlooked and swept away. So thank you for shining a spotlight on it. I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that today. I know I could talk to you about this for a lot more time, <laughs> uh, but let's just, uh, why don't we let people know, are you working on anything for the new year or is there something coming up next that maybe you want to share with us? Yeah, so, um, so we did launch uh, Devo this year. Apart from that, we are launching podcasts under Harris Stories, where we continue to amplify the storytelling of women, and we are super excited about that. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, as a podcaster, you know that I'm a big <laughs> believer that podcasts are a great platform for so many reasons. So I can't wait, Anna, to hear about it. We'll definitely be tuning in. Um, why don't you let people know where they can go to learn more about Hear Her Stories and the work that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, we do have our website, herastories.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter that goes in every Sunday where we are uh, sharing uh, trailblazing news of all uh, you know, amazing women who are doing things uh, around the globe. So every once a week on Sundays, we share that in the mornings. Uh, you can also submit your story if you feel that uh, you, you would like to share something um, you know that you've experienced so there feel free to share your story with us and we'd be more than happy to uh, share that on our platforms um, and and yeah like in, in case of anything uh, that you want to share with us be it as an anonymous or let, let yourself out there feel free to get in touch with us on Harris Stories. Mm, it's a brilliant community that you're building and a movement not just 
not it's not just a platform and that's what i love about this idea of powering our platforms is that when we step up with a story or a collection of stories and we move to a platform and we focus there that it inevitably will turn into a movement that inspires other people. And you have done just that, Anna. So thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. And thank you especially for the work that you are doing. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you really very much. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Anna Tukrell of Hear Her Stories. I love that Anna's mission is so aligned with what we're doing here at Power Your Platform, which is to amplify the voices of women and create powerful change in the process. So to learn more about Hear Her Stories, be sure to visit hearherstories.com or you can click on the show notes of this episode for the direct link. I personally love to share the stage with amazing women like Anna on this podcast. And I hope that you enjoy the diversity of voices that we try to bring to you each week to enrich our lives and add new perspectives to our way of thinking. So as promised, here are my top 10 takeaways from my interview with Anna. Number one, every woman's story is worth sharing no matter where they may come from. Number two, we need to take the time to look for the hidden stories that might not be front and center in our mainstream media. Number three, diversity, equality, and inclusion are all vital elements to include in the stories we're telling and the stories we're consuming. Number four, sharing stories of diverse women who have achieved amazing things allows girls and women everywhere to find inspiration and take the lead in their own lives. Number five, we need to normalize celebrating everyday women with everyday stories because when we take a closer look, we realize they're actually doing extraordinary things. Number six, our own struggle is often the motivating factor to step forward and make bold moves in the name of change. Number seven, when we intentionally share the stories of the struggles women face, we can help shape government policy, the economy, and make a worldwide impact. Number eight, seeing is believing. When we hear about the bold moves other women are making around the world, it inspires us to make bold moves ourselves. Number nine, the systems and structural barriers faced by women on a global level have led to underrepresentation and inequality in the workplace, but it's not too late to make a change. Number 10, acknowledging our own unconscious bias can help us all be a part of the fight against inequality and intolerance around the world. So thanks again for listening in today. Until next time, keep owning your story, following your purpose, and raising your voice. Because the world is waiting to hear your story.